1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, November the 10th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 10, 1951, customer-dialed long-distance telephone service began across the country. A call was placed without the help of an operator by Mayor Leslie Denning in Inglewood, New Jersey, called Alameda, California, called the mayor there, Frank Osborne, no operator involved. Now, some of you may be old enough to remember, back in the day, that was pretty common stuff. You had to place a long-distance call through the operator. For you kids, an operator was a person. I w- Let's not even go into that. Today in 1775, the U.S. Marines were organized under authority of the Continental Congress. Today in 1871, journalist-explorer Henry M. Stanley... He had been searching for a long time. He found Scottish missionary, David Livingstone. He hadn't been, Livingstone had not been heard of for years. He'd gone into Central Africa as a missionary and Stanley wanted to find him and he did. First thing he said when he saw him, he said, Mr. Livingstone, I presume. Today in 1919, The American Legion opened its first national convention in Minneapolis. Today in 1969, Sesame Street made its debut on national education television, later to become PBS. Today in 1975, the UN General Assembly approved a resolution equating Zionism with racism. (laughs) Sounds like today, doesn't it? Zionism was racism. That's good until 1991, when the world body repealed the resolution. Today, in 1982, the newly finished Vietnam Veterans Memorial was open to visitors in Washington, D.C. That was three days before it would be dedicated. Newburgh is a small town, growing town, outside of Portland, um, almost a bedroom community of Portland now, and I mentioned this a couple of times. It's generally a, a town that has been conservative, and a lot of conservative people live there. Well, the New, Newburgh School Board has been deeply involved. They've decided as a board, uh, not all of them, it wasn't unanimous, but it was the majority, they decided that they were not going to allow uh, political symbols, specifically all the gay pride junk, that was being put up all over the school and all of the BLM black lives matter stuff that was being put up all over the school. They said that number one, it was indoctrination and number two, it was a distraction that the kids were not there to become activists. They were there to get educated. Now that's not a new cutting edge idea. Public education used to be about educating our children in America. Not so much anymore They have been through, they have been attacked, they have been slammed, the media, and everybody else on the left has taken on these guys, the majority of guys on this school board, local school board, small town. Well, (laughs) last night, or before I tell you what happened last night, let me just back up a minute. Over the last few weeks, this has been growing. And then the superintendent of the schools school district is Joe Morlock. He came out and he stood, took a, a stand with the activists against the school board. And he said, we are going to, he said, we are going to have um, these symbols because this is where we are. This is part of our education is to be involved in activists and, and be aware of black lives matter and the gay pride movement and all this kind of thing. Well, they had a board meeting last night and this will make national news. But the superintendent started to school the board and the board fired him. He gets paid $175,000 a year. He had one year left on his contract. They said, you're fired and they're going to write him a check. He's gone. These guys are very serious about it. And I say this only to, well, to inform you uh, about it. And some of you may be, some of you listening in Oregon may be very close to this, even living in the area. But we need to be informed on this because this is a, a trend that's happening. And there are those now beginning to take a, a real step, not out of anger, not out of resentment, not trying to punish people. I I kind of followed this uh, story. I never have gotten the idea that the guys on the board, the conservatives on the school board, were trying out to get somebody. They simply were trying to guide this school in this little town, really, back to its founding principles, the founding principles of public education, and that is to educate. And they've gone through all of this, and that's being repeated around the country, but this has kind of become a little bit of a banner carrier issue. And I mentioned it this morning. That happened last night. I'm sure that will make national news during the course of today. Also, also in a faraway place from the West Coast in Detroit, the Detroit Free Press is reporting this morning that the town, in, it's in, it's in, um, I think it's a suburb of Detroit as well, traumatic, I think, or something like that's the way it's pronounced. Anyway, their city council now and the mayor, the whole city government is Muslim. First time that's happened in a city in America. This newly, newly elected mayor, this, I, I can't pronounce his name, he too is a Muslim and that means that all of the city's governance, the elected officials, are Muslim. They made a statement last night. It's important to remember, I'm quoting them, it's important to remember that although we all happen to be practicing practicing Muslims, we are elected through the process set forth in the United States, Michigan, Wayne County, and Hamtramck. I think Hamtramck, that looks right. Anyway, this, this suburb. Um, This Amanda Joukowsky, one of the three newly elected Muslims on the council, told the free press, we will take an oath to protect the Constitution of the United States, and that includes the concept of separation of church and state. I believe strongly that in, in that separation, and although I will bring the Islamic values of honesty and integrity, the... I don't know about that. But anyway, she says that the values of Islam are honesty and integrity. She's going to bring those values to the table. The policies that I promote and affirm will be what is best for all the people of Hamtramck. Of course she would believe that the Islamic values would be the best for the people. She's a practicing Muslim, and all of them are the mayor, the city council. This other guy, Hassan is his name. He said, religion is not inside city hall building. It's outside. He added, nothing will change in the council. We will remain the same. We'll go on as normal. Don't worry about it. Don't pay attention to us. Inside city hall, he said, we are responsible for the residents. We do our responsibility by the book. The book? That's what he said, the book. He intended that to mean by the letter of the law. Perhaps it means something else. We'll see how that plays out. I want to talk to you today about something that I feel very strongly about. We see what's happening in our country. Our country hangs in the balance for sure. And that's not an overstatement. If anything, it's an understatement but reading from romans chapter 1 something that may soon become in itself illegal it may be banned it could be in today's environment with the kind of leadership we have in washington dc or the lack of it but paul wrote to the romans and in that letter which is the first chapter of rome that we're of romans that we're looking at He said in verse 13, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I proposed to come unto you, but was led hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. The main statement was, I'm sorry I didn't get there when we were scheduled, but I will, and I don't want you to be ignorant. Don't be uninformed. He said, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. He says that famous line in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone, everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 18, he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth, in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shown it unto them. In other words, all of nature, all of world, all of our experience reflects the God who made it all. But we are blinded by our own humanism, by our own human responses to life itself. Paul writes, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, this is verse 21, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like the corruptible man, and to birds and forfeited forfeited beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, because they were worshipping the created, not the Creator, Verse 26, "...for this cause God gave them up to vile affections. Even their women did did, did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise men, leaving the, the natural use of women, burned in their lust for one another, with men with men, working that they which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was met." And verse 28, "...and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up and gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not inconvenient. Now, I know that's very direct, but it's God's word. It's not my word. I have tried to shape my life as best as a, as a broken, imperfect person, saved by the grace of God, even though I was raised in church. I had to come to that point in my life where I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, or I would not be saved by virtue of, being, of growing up in a Christian home in a Christian church. That's true for all of us. But I will tell you, we are at a very precarious time in history. The deception is so deep, and it's so woven into the culture. And the leadership that we have in this country today, and this is not a political statement, it is from my heart that breaks. The leadership that we have in this country is ushering this nation right up to the gates of hell. And were it not for the promise that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ, we would be there. But God is restraining. God's Holy Spirit is restraining the evil in our world today. But even as this is happening, and all of this junk is coming down in our culture today, there is a move To create kind of a new religion. I don't know if it's just happening from impulse or if it's something that is calculated. But let me talk to you a little bit about a new humanist religion that's well underway. You know it as climate change. Barack Obama is apparently the Messiah for a new religion that isn't new at all. It's older than Paul. He addressed it, but the issue existed before Paul existed. On Monday, Barack Obama spoke at the UN Climate Summit. Now it's in its second week in Glasgow. By the way, Nancy Pelosi showed up there today with 21 of her friends You can only imagine how much that costs, but it doesn't matter because we have trillions of dollars now to spend uh, in that all of the Republicans, a bunch of them joined up with the Democrats to get this thing pushed through. That's what it's about. It's to pay for things like this in climate change and all that. I mean, really, it is very, very little of it is about infrastructure. We talked about that yesterday, but she showed up there this morning, brought 21 of her friends, all of the committee chairs, Democrats with her to Glasgow, and they're walking around telling the world, yeah, we're going to lead, this is, you know, we are committed, on our knees, you know, praise be to Mother Earth or whatever. But on Monday, Barack Obama spoke at the UN Climate Summit. In doing so, his messianic complex was on full display, and this is not a criticism of Obama. This is trying to turn on the light on something that is very dark and evil that's going on in America today. He reminded us, that reminded us, he didn't mention this, but that reminded us of a moment back in 2008 when he declared that his arrival, when he had become president of the United States first term, that his arrival would cause, I'm quoting him here, the rise of oceans to slow and our planet would begin to heal. James Dellingpole says, it's not about climate change, it's about a new kind of religion emerging from the pomp and circumstance of the climate movement itself. He said there are two ways, he wrote this in a national article yesterday, Dellingpole did. Yes, he's conservative, of course. He said there are two ways to understand the pantomime in Glasgow. He says one is to read Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, and I'll come back to that in a moment. The other is to recognize to recognize it for what it really is. It's a giant eco-fascist gaslighting operation that looks like a religion. When Barack Obama stepped to the podium in Glasgow on Monday, Thomas Gallatin, who's also a conservative journalist, he said it reminded him of that moment back in 2008 when upon securing the Democratic presidential nomination, Obama stepped on the stage and pompously, almost Pope-like, declared, this is the moment when the rise of oceans begin to slow and our planet begin to heal. That sounds like someone who thinks they're a messiah of some kind. In reality, it was the moment when America, a nation with the distinct and proud history of spreading the idea of liberty to the world, was a few months away from having to endure for eight years the self-righteous, condescending denunciations of a narcissist who would find little good in the nation that elected him. And he still doesn't find much good in the nation that has made him a multi, multi, multi multi-millionaire. Hours after arriving in his private jet, he began stoking the anger of the youthful ignorance of that climate change conference. Then he began to apologize for America. He said, you are right to be frustrated, he said to the folks. He said, the folks in my generation have not done enough to deal with a potentially cataclysmic problem that you now stand to inherit. Later, he continued in the spirit of that little Greta Thunberg who needs help. She has some mental issues. I mean, she needs help. She doesn't need to be trotted out on a stage so she can yell at world leaders, and that's what they do, because no one can criticize her. But Obama, in that spirit, continued. He said, I want, want you to stay angry. I want you to stay frustrated. He said, channel that anger. Harness that frustration. Keep pushing harder and harder for more, because that's what's required to meet this challenge. Nancy Pelosi, showing up there yesterday afternoon and showing up this morning at the meetings, was echoing that. She said, stay angry. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. It's as though they're reading a chapter from their Bible. It is a religious experience for them. Explaining that both he and Joe Biden, Barack Obama, said, we've been constrained by one of the U.S.'s political parties that even expresses open hostility towards climate change and makes climate change a partisan issue when everybody should be on board. There's only one way to make progress, and that is our way. Does that sound like some kind of a false, demonic gospel to you? It does to me. Dellingpole writes, James Dellingpole, he said, it's all about optics. The spectacle of dozens of world leaders and the vast entourages arriving in their fleets of private jets designed to awe the gullible masses into believing that climate crisis is real and urgent and the number one priority, the hyperbolic language of imminent doom, is designed to generate an air of fear and panic, and he's something has got to be done. That's exactly what they're communicating. He notes that none of this would have been possible without the complicit press. Kind of a forerunner, kind of a John the Baptist type thing, where they brought this out and they said, we are not the answer, but here are the people who are. They're coming, and they have the answers. British Broadcasting Corporation has created a new fake news documentary, or docudrama, I think they call it. It's called The Trick. I haven't seen it all, but I've seen part of it. But in it, this dodgy shyster, that's what they call him. I haven't heard that word much. My dad used to use that word a lot. I, I get, he was from Irish descent, so I suppose he picked that up his, from his ancestors. But anyway, the dodgy shysters caught red-handed in the climate gate emails Remember that? Remember that? When all those emails came out here a few years ago and they were, these scientists, these quote scientists, were talking among themselves in what they thought would never be disclosed to the public on how to get the public to buy into this climate change narrative. I mean, it was like embarrassing, but that's okay because it's all been pushed aside now and we're back on track and this is the truth, that the world hangs in the balance and if we don't get rid of coal and oil and gas and everything and go back to some kind of a primitive lifestyle, except for them, of course, that we're not religious, we're we're horrible, we're we're barbaric. That's the message. He goes to great length. Dellingpole does in his article, and I linked his article in an article that I wrote about this today at Faith and Freedom. U.S. So if you go there, you can read if you, if you want to, and you can go to the, some of the sources that I, I'm quoting here. But former British Chancellor uh, Nigel Lawson, he also published a piece on this, and it begins with this. He said, human folly is all too common, but in a long life, I have never uh, come across anything remotely as bad as the current climate scare. Decarbonization, in short, would be an unparalleled economic calamity. Well, indeed it would, on a world scale. That's what they want, I think. So how is it that the UK and most of the Western world have signed up to uh, signed up to it? He says, the answer can only be conjectural. I suggested at the start that the current climate scare is a quasi-religious hysteria. Mankind seems to have a psychological need for a belief system traditionally in the West, he says. I'm quoting Nigel Lawson, former British uh, chancellor. He says, um, in the beginning, he said, I, uh, he said, in the beginning, it was Christianity in the West, but with the waning place of Christianity in the modern world, climate catastrophism has emerged to take its place. Lawson reminds his reader that he has closely followed this climate story for the last 20 years, and he has. He's been very outspoken about it. He said, anyone who has looked into this subject honestly We'll have the inescapable conclusion that the climate industrial complex is, with Big Pharma, the most corrupt and rapturous industry in the world, that the environmental scare stories being used to terrify us into submission are groundless, and that the only reason anyone believes otherwise is because over the last three or four decades, the public has been brainwashed with a massive gaslighting operation from schools, universities, bought and paid for media, the institutions, Hollywood, and big business. And he's right. Again, he's right. He says, The real pers- purpose of the eco-agenda is the same as it's always been, to feed the greed of the parasitical Malthusian elite, which despises ordinary people and which masking is bad intentions behind a cloak of environmental righteousness uses green issues as a way of expanding and entrenching its power. And someone at about this point would lean back in their chair over their cup of coffee and say, Gary, you're overstating this, man. Calm down. No, I don't think so. Answer this. If this isn't true, what I'm talking about, if this isn't a kind of a religion that's being born under the guise of righteousness and loving God's creation, when in fact it's in opposition to God and his creation, in many cases, why would Barack Obama, who charges Republicans with hostility towards climate science, and he warns Florida, these are quotes from him recently, warns Florida residents of rising sea levels, Why would he have purchased a $15 million oceanfront mansion on Martha's Vineyard? And why is he currently building, as we speak, he's building another seaside vacation mansion. And I don't mean a cabin. It's a mansion. I've seen some pictures of it. In Hawaii, it's on the site of the original Magnum PI TV show mansion. Remember the show? The Magnum PI is still in reruns, I think. They lived on the mansion and Magnum went around solved criminal deals and so on. Barack Obama is building another on the beach, on the ocean, another mansion there for the wintertime. So explain that. Explain why he believes that the oceans are rising and we're, we're almost to be burned up and, and he's building mansions on the beach. I don't hear anyone explaining that very well, because they can't. And about Ephesians 6.12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is the truth. We just need to stay close to God and keep our heart and our mind focused on the Lord, and on the truth. We try to bring you the truth each day in this 30-minute program as best we can, because I feel that's what the Lord has called me to do. I would not be able to do it without your support. And I cannot overstate that. So thank you for supporting us and keeping our voice on the station you're listening to on the air. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. We need your help. We need your prayers. And we need your financial support. Thank you so much for standing with us. Thank you for the kind notes that we get and the prayers. We'll continue as long as you'll stand with us. And God directs us to do so. I'll see you tomorrow.